Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to the fifth class in our series, Five Ways the Spirit Unites Disciples of Christ. Five ways, and today is the fifth, and that is that the Spirit unites disciples because we join together in spiritual formation practices. What are spiritual formation practices, I can hear you ask, and yes, well, we'll get into that in just a minute, but why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because we've been through a lockdown period, and in that period, perhaps the greatest area of damage to our faith and our Christian walk together and cohesion as a community has been in the area of our relationships. We haven't been able to be together, sing together, pray together, worship together, uh, share a faith together. It's been a challenge. We're coming out of that, but are we aware of the fact that our unity and the repair of the uh, perhaps damage or weakening of our relationships is not down to just meeting together again or being physically in a building. That's not the point. What will help us to be truly united from the heart, from the spirit is the Holy Spirit, because in the end, it is the Holy Spirit who unites us, not the fact we go to the same building, not the fact that we sing the same songs, not the fact even that we believe the same things, but it is the Holy Spirit. In uh, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about the fact that we need to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's the Spirit's unity through the bond of peace as one body, one Spirit. It's the Spirit which is the glue for this. Now, as I've said in other recordings, the inspiration for this comes from an article in this magazine, Teleos or Teleos magazine uh, journal, uh, by John Mark Hicks, where he has a whole section in one article called Recentering on the Holy Spirit, which I love. And I've just teased some things out from that and added some bits and pieces that I hope will be relevant to me, to Thames Valley and anybody else that's watching this, so that we can make sure that as we come out of lockdown, we're not on autopilot, we are focused spiritually on helping each other to grow and to love each other more, more deeply. So that's, that's the idea. So our main point today is this, that the Spirit unites us, you and me, unites us when we participate in spiritual formation practices. That's our key thought for the day. So let me explain. To quote from the, uh, the journal from John Mark Hicks in, uh, on page 69 here, he says this, Disciples united in prayer are united in the Spirit. The practice of prayer, as well as other disciplines, is rooted in the work of the Spirit. The Spirit is present to listen and speak in these moments. When a community practices them together, or each member of a community practices them in their walk with God, the Spirit works to unite us through shared experiences and shared communion. In the Spirit, we may embrace the unity of believers through the shared experience and communion in prayer. There's a lot in that uh, paragraph also we could unpack and I'll do my best uh, to talk about some of that in this class and hopefully you'll find some good uh, material to then discuss in your local group. So he's talking here about the value of spiritual disciplines and there are many spiritual disciplines available by the way of course there's fasting, there's silence, celebration, confession, frugality is one, uh, fellowship is another and there are more and in fact if you'd like to read a booklet I wrote on spiritual disciplines. Uh, you can get it by signing up to get my newsletter on my website, malcolmcox.org. So you can get that there. Or you might like to read a couple of these books if you hadn't done before. I'd certainly recommend reading at least one of them at some point in your Christian life. And the first is Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline, The Path 
to spiritual growth, I have been benefited hugely in my relationship with God from that book. That's by Richard Foster and a book with a very similar theme, but written from a, just a different style, I suppose, is this book, The Spirit of the Disciplines. The Spirit of the Disciplines, Understanding How God Changes Lies. That's by Dallas Willard. Again, thoroughly recommend both of those books to learn more about the spiritual disciplines that we can do together. Uh, but we're not going to look at all of those today. We're going to focus simply on the topic of prayer today because I think it's the one that we practice the most and it's the one that we can apply most simply and easily, we might say. So here's a couple of thoughts. I'm going to give us two main scriptures and consider some others and then we can discuss this in our local groups. Firstly, the Spirit unites us when we pray together in defending our unity and helping one another. The Spirit unites us when we pray together in defending our unity and helping one another. Let me read to you from the little book of Jude, right before Revelation there. And picking it up in verse 17, Jude verse 17. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there'll be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you. So talking about division. Who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. So they are divisive and they don't have the spirit. But you, dear friends, how should we act? By building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now, we don't have time to unpack all of that here today, but I would like to make a couple of points. In the uh, sentence before the point where he talks about praying uh, in the Holy Spirit, he's talking about divisiveness. He's talking about division in uh, the church, led by spiritless people, but apparently people who were part of them, part of their numbers. So perhaps some kind of Christians who'd lost their faith or something like that is a threat to their unity. What do they do when there's a threat to their unity? He says, pray together in the Spirit. What will keep us unified? It's not just doubling down or making sure we all have some kind of uh, spiritual police force out there, policing all the things we believe and make sure it's all exactly the same. The way we're going to stay united is by praying in the Spirit. That will heal any tendency towards division. And the other part of the context right after that verse is about people who doubt, people who perhaps are weak in their faith at this point. And of course, there would be a threat to the unity of the group if they're neglected. So rather than neglect those people who are weak or who are doubting, he says, pray in the Holy Spirit and then be merciful and then save others and then show mercy. But how are we going to be able to do that in a Christ-like way? Surely it's by the fact that we've been praying in the Spirit. So if we want to have unity, if we want to have no division, if we want to have the weak and the doubting and the fearful still part of our body and bring them through those tough times, we are, uh, we are called to be a people who pray in the Spirit. That's our first major point. The second major point is this. I believe the Spirit unites us when we pray together for one another to be courageous in declaring the gospel. The Spirit unites us 
when we pray together for one another to be courageous in declaring the gospel. Right, that's Ephesians 6. That's our second major passage here. In the section you will probably know about the full armor of God and putting on the armor of God, and of course he talks about the Spirit there being the Word of God, the, uh, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And then verse 18, Paul says this, and pray in the Spirit. So the same kind of idea here. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So what's the context here? Paul is in prison, he's tongue-tied, and he's afraid. You think, what, the Apostle Paul, tongue-tied, afraid? Well, read, he's asking for the prayers because he says uh, that uh, uh, words will be given me, which means he doesn't have the right words at this point, or he's afraid he may not have them. So he may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. He's afraid. In fact, the word fearless comes up twice, doesn't it? Also at the end of that, that paragraph. He's afraid, he's tongue-tied, and he's in prison, which is not exactly pleasant. So the antidote to that that's going to help him stay united with the Spirit himself is to ask the whole church, because this book of Ephesians is, of course, written to the church. He's asking everybody to pray together, to pray, to, to pray together for him so that they can be united together with him in his mission united with him in his prison work, united with him in helping him to find the right words and the right courage and the right strength to do what God has called him to do. There's a unity going on here. There's a, a powerful sense of the Spirit's work that Paul is encouraging them to pray about, not only so that they can have all the armor of God to help them with what they are called to do in, in Ephesus, but also that they will pray for him as well. And it reminds me somewhat of, say, the situation in uh, Acts chapter 4, when Paul, uh, when Peter and John have been arrested and, and, uh, and uh, persecuted for talking about Jesus. And they go back to the church and they say, that, well, we've been told not to say anything more about Jesus. And what do they do? The whole church prays together and they pray to the sovereign Lord and they recall the fact that he's the maker of all things and that the kings of the earth rise up against God, but of course, foolishly. And they pray. And what do they pray for? They think about Jesus and they say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So the context there is there are threats through the persecution that could have divided them because some, some might have been feeling like, well, let's keep quiet for a while. Let's lie low. It might die down. Others would be saying, no, 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 no. We need to follow the example of Jesus and continue on preaching no matter what the cost is. And there could have been these divisions. And yet, and yet they pray together. And they pray together conscious of the Spirit's present presence and potential empowerment really trusting that that would happen and the Holy Spirit comes in some way that was palpable to them and empowers them in some way that is mysterious to you and I but real in the experience to them and they go out and preach the word boldly united in carrying on 
uh, that aspect of the mission of God. It's, it's an astonishing and wonderful thing. It's something to do with their trust in God and their humility, but also the fact that they gathered together to pray. They prayed effectively to be in accord with the Spirit's agenda rather than their own fears. You and I have fears right now, don't we? We don't know what the future holds exactly. Some of us are in financial challenges. We've got health issues. We've got not knowing what's going to happen with COVID and the, the after effects of that. There's, there's a lot to be uh, anxious about, frankly. But if we, we, we're not going to find the answers to our anxiety by just knuckling down and deciding, well, I guess we'll have to get through it. Or as long as I go to church, everything will be all right. No, no, no. Now, we've got to be the kind of people who respond to this in a way that uh, fits with the spirit. And, and that means praying together like we see uh, Paul asking for, the Ephesian church being urged to do, and our brothers and sisters in the first century in Acts 4 doing that as an instinct. So this might beg the question, what does it look like to pray in the Spirit? Now, I think you'll have seen enough in the earlier scriptures to get some idea of this, and I'm not going to even attempt to give a definitive answer because I'm not sure there is one definitive answer. But I would like to give you some thoughts and ask you to discuss this in, um, in our local groups and see what, what common wisdom we come up with as we talk and pray together with the Spirit's help. So here are some ideas for us to chew on and discuss. First of all, some ideas from other authors I read about this idea. So for example, in, um, in the Tyndale uh, commentary uh, on this, uh, there's this phrase, the Spirit is given as a helper and not least for the task of prayer, Romans 8, 26, 27. But praying in the Spirit means more than just praying by the Spirit's help. The Spirit, and I love this, is the atmosphere of Christians' lives. And as they live in the Spirit, grace will be given to watch and power to continue in prayer. With, I like that. Let's discuss that. See what you think about that statement about what it means to pray in the Spirit. Or a shorter phrase from John Wesley on his notes and his uh, on this scripture in Ephesians 6, when he's writing about what it means to pray by the Spirit, he said praying by the Spirit means through the influence of the Holy Spirit. So we're allowing consciously the Spirit to influence us and influence our prayers. That was uh, John Wesley. Or in the uh, Expositor's Bible commentary, uh, there's a comment that William Barclay translated this as, let the Spirit be the atmosphere in which you pray. So there's that atmosphere word again. Let the Spirit be the atmosphere in which you pray. Maybe that's what it means to pray by the Spirit or in the Spirit. Or in the word biblical commentary on the same passage of Ephesians uh, 6, they say this, the writer is calling for prayer inspired, guided, and made effective through the Spirit. Those who are united in their access through the Spirit, Ephesians 2.18, who are built into God's dwelling place in the Spirit, Ephesians 2.22, and who are being filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, can and should pray constantly in and through his Spirit. I wonder what you think about that statement. So I would suggest these thoughts, that praying in the Spirit and by the Spirit means at least certainly praying in accordance with the Word of God and living according to uh, God's teachings. It means praying whilst in constant dependence upon the Spirit. Uh, we see that in Acts 4. It's a kind of, we need you, Father. We need you, Holy Spirit. 
asking the spirit for what we need. They asked for boldness, they got it. What do you need? Do you need strength? Do you need courage? Do you need faith? Do you need wisdom? Won't God give that to you via his spirit if we pray according to the spirit? I think it also means praying whilst consciously mindful of Jesus, whose spirit we have, Romans 8, 9, and thinking as we pray and praying about what he would do in the circumstances we're praying about, and also what he would think. Sometimes we neglect what, what would Jesus' attitude be, not just what would he actually practically physically do. And I think it's especially helpful when we're faced with circumstances that the Bible doesn't specifically or explicitly teach on. And there's an awful lot of life that the Bible doesn't address directly. So we're looking for the Spirit, the Spirit's insight between us as we pray to help us to live as followers of Jesus in a way that's faithful to him, not only in the precise words he uttered or the deeds he did uh, precisely exactly, but more in the spirit of the way in which he lived. Praying in the Spirit means praying mindful of the Spirit that he would unite us. And it means praying for our unity in the Spirit as well. It means praying together mindful that the Spirit is in me and the Spirit is in you. We're together with the Spirit here when we're praying together. The Spirit is in all of us. He is. And, and we're praying that he might truly unite us. And I think it's also important to bear in mind that when we're praying alone, not just together, we can also re reflect on the fact that we're still praying, even on our own, with our fellow believers, as long as we're praying in the Spirit, conscious that he's the one uniting us, even though we're in physically, physically different places. So what is, what is God calling you to be? Is he calling you to be growing in your trust, in your courage, in persevering, in forgiving people? So when we're praying together about these things, then the Spirit is able to strengthen us. And, and then we pray in a way that I believe delights the Spirit who is in you and I. You know, praying together is a wonderful thing. Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? I, uh, I was very touched this week to have two experiences of praying with people that I hadn't expected. Uh, the one was with Bill, uh, and this is in the Watford congregation. On Sunday, we had a special prayer time during part of our service. We stopped the other bits and pieces just to pray in, uh, in small huddles of two or three people because we're moving venues and we want to make sure that it's not just a move of building, but we are, we are spiritually alert to what the Spirit is doing in this move to a different venue this coming Sunday and pray for us in that. And, and so we were praying together in twos and threes and I happened to be sitting by the piano and I wasn't with anybody at that point. And then I uh, had a touch on my shoulder and I looked up and, and there was Bill. And Bill had come over and he, he said, could I pray for you? And I said, of course. And he put his arm around my shoulder and he spent just a, a couple of minutes praying for me. And as I'm thinking about it now, I feel quite emotional. Just, um, I, felt, I was so touched. And I thanked Bill and um, I just was, felt very grateful that he would think about praying for me. He got out of his chair, came over to where I was, interrupted what I was doing and prayed for me. And then off he went back to uh, to sit down. And it's um, it touched me. And then on, on Monday, in fact, the next day, I had lunch with Ben Dannett and Ben and I were talking about some things and some of my own needs and I was sharing with him some prayer points and things that I'm going through that are a bit challenging and Ben said look can we just pray together and so we were at that uh, little restaurant table and uh, we spent a few moments praying and Ben prayed for me and thanks Ben for doing that and I'm just really grateful that both Ben and Bill just thought about that and decided why don't we just pray and I'll pray for you and, and here's the thing guess guess how 
I've been feeling about Ben and about Bill since that time, all the rest of this week. Guess how I'm feeling. Guess how often they've come to my mind uh, during uh, this week and come to my mind to pray for them during this week. Guess what it's doing for our unity. For me and Ben, for me and Bill, it's doing so much for our unity because they took the initiative to pray for me and with me. So I have a couple of questions for you to discuss and you can discuss more than just this, but let's think about this. What does it look like? And what could it look like in your local gathering, in your family group, in your location place or wherever you gather together? What would it look like for your group, your gathering to pray in the spirit? How would you know you're praying in the spirit? What difference would it make to the way you pray, what you pray about and how you feel together if you pray in the spirit? And secondly, are there some other spiritual disciplines your local group could practice that would delight the spirit? Maybe not just prayer, certainly prayer, but maybe also some of the other spiritual disciplines. What might they be that you think could delight the spirit and enable him, the spirit, to do his work in you personally, but also as a group? So that's what I wanted to share today. I would value your thoughts, your responses uh, to all this, as I really do believe that the spirit unites disciples in practicing these spiritual formation practices together. That's that's how this one of the ways in which the spirit unites us is because we join together in spiritual formation practices. So this is the last of our five classes. Now, I am contemplating doing a sixth and final class. Um, if there are comments and questions that come back to me that anybody would like to have answered, at least to the best of my ability. So if you have some comments, if you and your group talk, talk about things and you'd like me to uh, teach on an aspect of what we've been talking about here, about the spirit and unity, uh, either from this class or the previous four classes, then do send me an email, let me know. And if, there's, if I get enough back, then I'll do uh, one extra class uh, on questions and that kind of thing. So email me, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. That's the one, malcolm at malcolmcox.org. Or you could leave a message on my website, you can either leave me a message there, uh, like a, a, um, a comment, um, or you could leave a voicemail. There's a voicemail facility on the website, or you can just contact me the old-fashioned way on the phone if you have my number. But if you have any questions, do let me know. But I do pray and hope and I, that as we come out of this lockdown time, as we reassess where we're at personally and in our groups, that we won't neglect the, 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 the vision of God, that we be a fully united and deeply loving community. People who love each other from the heart, deeply from the heart, as Peter wrote. And I hope these classes have been helpful. So until the next time, do pray in the Spirit and let me know what you learn about the power and the love of the Spirit from all that. Until then, take care and God bless.